morning. Good morning, everyone. Sorry for those of you listening on podcast. That would have been horrific. How are we all? Oh, no. Uh, look, Barbie. It's Barbageddon out there, guys. Total Barbageddon. Everywhere you go, there's plastic, there's high heels, there's there's hair, there's, there's plastic, there's high heels, and then there's mushroom clouds. It's the bit... I, you know what? I'm pleased about this weekend, regardless of what you think of the movies. Re, you know... We've reviewed both of them, so do head over to our reviews on the channel. Armageddon, Armageddon, Oppenheimer went up last night, uh, Barbie. You know, there are two completely contrasting movies for the complete spectrum of movie flavours and tastes. Because um, even if you're a sort of superhero-y type person and you like all that sort of stuff, you're going to be drawn to Chris Nolan. But, excuse me, that was my phone, it wasn't me. Uh, neither film is necessarily what you expect it to be. Or it won't necessarily deliver on what you think they might. But anyway, if if you want to check out our reviews, do do head over there. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're well. If you're listening, I hope you're good. You're probably driving somewhere. I know a fair few people like to listen to this whilst driving around. Um, You made me jump up morning to such a lovely... Oh, bless you, Julie Hilton. Morning to you and April Hill and Jude and Emma Stewart and Ellery Jones. And where's Faith Goodman? Didn't see you on Friday for the Friday quiz. I hope you're okay, Faith. And if you're there, sending all our love. You don't have to. The lovely thing is, so many of you are quiet subs, and it's really not needed for you to kind of jump on and say stuff. We know you're there. Um, as uh, Nadia just said on her live on Instagram, Curly Cook's coming at nine. No, not at nine forty-five. At ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. It's gonna be flatulent. It's gonna be windy. It's gonna be breezy. It's gonna be full of hot air. Um, and that's just Dina. Oh. So, um, so yeah, no, it's going to be about health. It's going to be about uh, gut. It's going to be about how to look great. And hopefully we're going to be given some sort of face masks with, with pulses and we're going to be wrapped in wraps. And I'm looking for all sorts of treatments over there. So uh, God only knows what's going to happen. Don't know what any of it means. I don't think that's literally don't know what any of it means. Um, so what's happening in the, in the papers today? Let's have a little look at the uh, front pages. For those of you listen, just listening, I'll read them out. Front of the eye, uh, Tories fear wipeout with 150 MPs now facing the axe. This is obviously off the back of the by-election. Uh, warning to Labour, you're going to have to do something about ULES. Not ULES, but ULES, uh, if you want to win win seats. That's, that's a tricky one. Who is Les? Um, shattering defeats for Tories on the front of the Guardian, but of course, a tribute there to Tony Bennett, the ultimate crooner. I would be lying if I said I was a Tony Bennett aficionado. I'm not, I don't even That's know. That's a disgrace. Mark. It might be a disgrace, but all I do know is I adore his duet with, uh, I was going to say Amy Adams, with uh, Amy Winehouse uh, that, that he did towards the end of her life. Um, so that's the front of the Guardian. Uh, someone at the door. Okay. Daily Mail. Daily Mail features. We'll have a closer look at this photograph later. Prince George. Uh, Daily Mail saying, go true blue or face wipeout. After two by-election disasters, Tory grandees warning to Rishi, go true blue or face white. Uh, and there's there's George looking very grown up and very nonchalant with his hand on his on his knee. But we'll have, we'll have a little look at that later. Uh, and of course, raw us on lionesses ready to bring World Cup home. Millions will tune in to Big Clash at 10.30. Jesus, I think we missed a trick there. Maybe we should have done female football tops. For Curly Cooks. We should have, we've got a couple of lionesses over there. Pussycats, more like. Pussycats. Are you going to be, who's going to be watching the football? 
morning, Elliot. Morning, Bailey. Morning, Sean. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Hell Hall. This is the front of the sun. Um, you know, you, you, people just don't tire of looking at... I, I, I presume these headlines about holiday hell are for all those people who aren't going on holiday so they can sit there and do that thing that I'm not for a minute suggesting everyone who works in airports is sour-faced. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there's a distinct sense when you're travelling abroad from Britain at any time of the year that everyone who works at the airport at that time hates the fact that you're yeah. travelling abroad. It's really we weird. There's real resentment. Whereas, and, and interestingly, actually, it's why maybe the opposite side of that is whenever you're leaving a foreign country as a British tourist, there's a look of extraordinary, extraordinary delight on all of the kind of security people who are seeing us out. So that's quite something. Um, so the front of the star, the front of the Daily Star says, Boo! Pentagon chief, the fear of a nasty ET surprise keeps him awake at night. I think he needs to listen to a mindfulness app or something, don't you? For a possible unexpected ET attack. Now, hell hath no fury like a woman, or a mother rather, with a pram who has been told she can't do what she's got to do in her morning. Hell hath no fury. And this is all over the papers of photos of mums with pushchairs remonstrating with just stop oil activists. I mean, look, there, there's an image of someone screaming at a just, uh, just stop oil. Uh, I can't work out if the Asda delivery driver is on her side or the just stop oil side. And then look at this one. Look at this. That woman, I've seen that. I know what that lean over means. That poor, that, you know, that woman is facing her off. But when a, when, a, when a woman with a pram, which is the size of a Land Rover, when a woman with a, when a, woman with a pram the size of a Land Rover like that, look, that's an SUV. You don't want her leaning. Look at that neck. It's retractable. It's a little bit like E.T. on the front of the bloody Daily Star. Look at her. Look how angry she is. Oh, yeah. We know she's that. She's just been tipped over we, she, She's lost her shit. She's lost her shit. That baby is probably in that pram doing this. Knowing that that poor Just Stop Oil woman is going to be destroyed. Um... Gabriel, Just Stop Oil raised the last leg TV studio for some reason. Raised? Um, uh, raised or stopped, you mean? Um, yeah, the lean over. An astonishing lean over, isn't it? Astonishing. Good morning, everyone's saying good morning to everyone else across here. Reminds me of my mum, says Bailey. Oh, why is that doing that? Stop it. Um, keep sending myself a clip. So yeah, now mums wage war on oil clowns. Eco mob. Blocks, mother take it well, to be honest oh, with you. I hate the way they, yeah, they talk about hit. The, to be fair, that woman that you're seeing there isn't the woman taking her child to hospital. But that is always the danger with any of these things, isn't it? That it's going to stop urgent, urgent, critical, critical life things. Um, this story, uh, could living near a park cut prostate cancer? Interesting story. The risk of prostate cancer is reduced by, or could be reduced by 7%. By living close to parks, fields, and the countryside. This is presumably because it means you exercise more. Now, this story is in all the right-wing press, and I want to know what you think about this. 
This is the story of um, the migrant boat or for asylum seekers. What's it called? It's called the, the Bibby Stockholm. And of course, a lot of the papers, especially the Telegraph, the Mail and the Times, are making a big story over the fact that, to quote, asylum seekers will be getting all the mod cons. You know, and there's a clear sort of inference there. So this is Mailman, they call him. This is the Daily Mail reporter here. That's him in one of their um, all the mod cons kind of um, rooms, uh, bedrooms, you know, uh, bunk beds. As long as, look, as long as there's no murals of Mickey Mouse or any really friendly or warm or inviting things, that, it, it's fine, you know, just just make sure it's not at all comfortable, inviting or kind of space. Anyway, so, so that, that's, that's the kind of space they're going to be sleeping in. They've got a gym. I must admit, I was quite envious of those. Uh, barbells. It's, I mean, it's a nice gym, but I'd have thought for 500 people, there's going to be quite a queue in there. Um, that below is, is is a woman in, in front of the Bibby Stockholm or the Bobby Bibby Stockholm or Bobby Stockholm. Um, and you're right, guys. That was a big sigh. Um, and this is a classroom. I mean, God forbid, God forbid that an asylum seeker should be offered a classroom or a canteen. I mean. All the mod cons, I just want to say all the mod cons, if that is considered all the mod cons with all of the aching suggestions of what saying mod cons means, isn't it horrible? Do you know what I'm getting at? Just horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Anyway, there you go. Um, this story, uh, I, we talked about, I think, on Coffee Morning quite a while back. This is the story, uh, I've just had a headline at the top, warning over oral sex. Bloody hell. Um, Suicide pact note clears Britain of murdering his terminally ill wife. This is the tragic story of the pensioner who was on trial. His wife was in extraordinary agony uh, and pain, um, and he wasn't found guilty uh, of murder. She was struggling with blood cancer, um, and uh, he, he's won his case. And he's, he's been found guilty of manslaughter, um, as it was accepted that he suffocated his childhood sweetheart, Janice, ends her suffering that you when you hear these stories I, I it's interesting isn't it i mean i think some people get really sort of just like oh it's just an absolute clear-cut no until you've walked in someone else's shoes you know who's better and yet it's so hard isn't it because as soon as you start saying anything you can immediately feel that someone would be could take advantage of it and so i suppose what is the way around this kind of thing suicide pact note clears britain of murdering his terminally alive you know, if you're trying to do something euthanasia-like or something to help someone you've loved, been with all your life, I think, yes, you have to admittedly legally look into it, but I think we shouldn't then be outraged or shocked or surprised when this kind of outcome or finding is discovered. As he said, she was in so much pain, so much pain. Uh, apparently, he lifted his hands in relief as he walked outside to be transported back to prison. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, so, you know, bittersweet on so many levels. Of course, they've got grown-up kids, haven't they? So, um, so just, that's just, it's so sad. It's so sad. There he is, is he? Um, relief. Raised his hands as he left court yesterday. Uh, this is the chap. This is uh, Keir, another Keir, 25-year-old politician. Is he too young to be a politician? We talked about this briefly yesterday on Coffee Morning. He's being described as the in-betweeners MP. 
I think you have to have all shapes, sizes, colours, hues, ages, and what have you, don't you, really, in, in government? I mean, you know, having someone in there who's going to be representing for the youth, I think that's a, I think it's good. Butterfly Bell, I totally agree, Mark. We should never judge someone as you don't know the choices they have had to make to make the decisions they made. Exactly, exactly. Uh, here's Tony Bennett. Tony Bennett. Any of you Tony Bennett fans? Um, we have doctors who are in their early 20s. Good point, YouTube, absolutely. Uh, Tony Bennett, he said, in his 90th year, I could have retired 16 years ago, but I just love doing what I'm doing. I have to confess, this is a man who held a microphone like it was, well, he didn't look like he was holding a microphone. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he literally had that in his hand as he passed away, bless him, because he, it was just, it's just what you saw, wasn't it? And I do think the idea of the crooner, who's today's crooner? Is there a crooner today? Do we get crooners? The old jazz, you know, jazz singer slash torchbearer type, type torch song trilogy and all that kind of stuff. Bennett was perhaps best known for his signature tune, I Left My Heart in San Francisco. Do I know that? Oh, my nan loved him, Joni Nicky, sorry. Um, who did someone just said gave another name there, a potential crooner? Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I, there's the moment he sang with Lady Gaga. There's also the moment, obviously, he sang with uh, Amy Winehouse, which was rather lovely. Multiple Grammy-winning jazz artists. 96. It must be strange, mustn't it, getting to that age? It's like my, it's like my nan used to say when she was 93. She said, I am terminal because I'm 93. Um, a 29-year-old MP says Jules is a great idea as a lot of the MPs we currently have are dinosaurs. He's 25. He, I mean, of, of course he might not have all the world experience that grown-up people have, but he'll have a wealth of experience of what it means to be a young person today. But anyway, yes, yeah, so obviously lots of, you know, and again, it's that thing. He's died at 96 for his family and for Tony Bennett's loved ones and friends. So it will be a loss whatever time, whatever time. Um, but, uh, you know, someone passes away is terrible. But, um, but 96, wow, what a life. What a life, eh? When ghost tours, right, we're getting into the silly shit now. When ghost tours go barred. Wow. This is a big, big fight, apparently, in Stratford on Shakespeare's home turf, where two rival companies or individuals that run ghost tours have gone head to head. One of them, uh, you can imagine that, look, when ghost tours go bad, a tempest is brewing in Stratford. Um, yeah, basically, the, the beef here is that uh, the chap on the right, uh, what's his name, Joe, this chap, he looks like a cheeky chappy, didn't he? Joe, um, he's basically advertising his, his sort of his tours outside this woman's gaff. And uh, she says he's playing the victim. And he says they're trying to run me out of town. I say, I say that the chap behind this woman looks fucking petrifying. That's what I say. Is he real or is he a ghost? I mean, you are not gonna mess with them. The girl on the left, the girl on the left, I, yeah, that's scary. That's scary. But yeah, so to <laughs> this, I love, I love it all that. I'm just giving you a little tease of something there. Um, look, I love, I love these kind of stories. It's like Britain's at war. Only in Britain could you have two ghost hunting tours fighting it out with each other. I'm gonna put a spook on you. So anyway, a tempest broom. But look at this. We've talked about crack addicted squirrels. You're not going to believe this, girl. This is hysterical about sharks. Yeah. Do you want to hear this? Sharks 
are addicted to cocaine. Beware angry sharks on coke due to the number of drug deals and drugs that are thrown overboard. More and more sharks are being found with cocaine in them. Beasts are scoffing drugs dumped in the ocean. Drug adult sharks may be getting high on cocaine dumped in the ocean by US bound drug smugglers, which could explain why they they bare their teeth so much. Could explain why they never stop swimming. And they're forever banging on about really boring shit. Um, marine experts fear the predators could be scoffing huge amounts, especially off the coast of Florida. <laughs> Imagine that drug, drug addicted sharks. Right, next story. I'm going to flash a picture up now, and I wasn't taking the picture to show you what's on the left. I was showing you the headline, which is this: Bedbug Hell Grips France. But whilst we're at it, who thinks Nadia should do should have a go at doing Kim Kardashian's um, cartwheel? These are snaps. It's 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 quite it's quite an image, isn't it? I mean, you could you could put one of Boris's bikes there, couldn't you? After the bears on coke, we have sharks on coke. Yes, that's got to be the next film, isn't it? Happy birthday, Josh. No, the story I was really homing in on here was uh, bedbug hell grips France. French health chiefs scratching their heads over how to combat a bedbug invasion, which is coming in with tourists. One in 10 households have been hit by the plague. Airbnb rentals are being blamed. Bedbugs. How do you know if you've got bedbugs? Do you get bitten? Do do bedbugs bite? Don't get... Yes, they do. Do that? Oh, they do. Ooh. And are they like ticks? Dina knows someone had to move out of her flat. Move out of her flat? What, can they just change the bed? Get rid of your mattress. Do they live in the mattress? Yeah. Or do they live in your pillow? Apparently there are microbes. If you analyse what's living in your bed with you... Yeah, but don't get paranoid about that, because we need a lot of... No, you do. You need, you need lots of... Yeah, you need strange creatures in your bed nibbling at you. It's not a nice way to describe that, but there we go. Uh, a government survey found 11% of French households reported infestation of the bite critters. Should we just have a look at it once more? Let's just all imagine if Nads could have a crack at that. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to say that. Uh, tourists help spread pests at holiday homes. Bedbugs, horribly. I'm Henry VIII, white van man I am. This chap here, what's his name? David Smith, always fascinated by the much-married monarch. He's a, he has a double, he has a second job as a, playing the Dead King's double. Um, lots of people joke, you go to chop my head off, but they usually quieten down when I tell them, yes, I'm going to chop your head off. Uh, this is a weird headline, look at this, bisexuals sound more butch than straight men, says study. As a fact, odd, but why would you look into this? Um, bisexual men are perceived to sound more masculine than men who are straight. The voices of gay, straight and bisexual men were compared in a study by academics in the University of Sydney. They were recruited to analyse the voices of 60 men. 20 were gay, 20 were straight. That's a whole corner of a page in the Daily Telegraph. Okay, who was a fan of Watership Down? Who was scared by Watership Down, more to the, more to the point? You know, the, uh, the animated film based on, what's it, what's the name of the book? Who wrote the book? Who wrote the book, Watership Down? Got his name. Anyone a fan? Danielle, it was one of the first films that really scared me. 
It really scared me, Warship Dan. You know the sort of terrifying bunny with the red ear, red, red ears, red eyes, so and red ears. So distressed. Sarah Begley, never eaten, never eaten rabbit since. Um, loved Warship Dan, Ashley Garden. I hope you're well, Ashley. Richard, somebody, anyway. It what? broke me, Warship Dan. It, oh my God. Absolutely broke me. That's... Burning forever. Richard Adams, thank you very much. Bad eyes. Wouldn't you know the pain? Wouldn't you know the pain? And there was that, wasn't there a shot at the end? I'm not, it, spoiler. Then they'll get run over at the end or something. Something like that. Hair razor. Look at this. Watership Down given a PG rating after 45 years of scaring kids. You're joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it did really upset me, I have to say. I felt depressed. <laughs> it was given a you 45 years later, the BBFC, British Board of Film Classification, has reviewed its opinion of the film, and it's been called a one-way ticket to post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. It is quite a stressful film. After the film was resubmitted, its rating has been raised from a U to a PG. Wow. It's official. The BBFC's official opinion of the film is it's a one-way ticket to post-traumatic stress disorder. Wow. What do you think of this, guys? Last orders at the bar, vending machines that pour alcohol. What do we think of this? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think, I think in many ways it's a good thing because it means you don't have that horrendous queue at the bar, which is beyond annoying. But surely one can just keep going and keep going and keep going, right? Can't we just drink more? I think I would have loved a vending machine that served beer. Um, but these are being introduced at football stadia, uh, cricket stadia, uh, all these kind of places in order to avoid queues and get people back to their seats more. But do you, I think it sounds good. I mean, presumably there's just going to be enormous queues at the tills, right? At, at, at the machines. I think, I think it's just another way to drink more. And, and more quickly, don't you? I mean, look at that, look at him. I mean, look, the excitement, look, you've got a little carry box. I mean, I can see the purpose of that, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, well, school's out for summer. School's out for summer, so let's have a look at what's the most useless subject taught in school. What's the value of X and Y? So, algebra is considered one of the most useless subjects taught in school, but here's another list of other useless things that they teach us at school which rarely comes up in life. See if you agree. The value of X, playing the recorder, Pythagoras' theorem. Have you ever had to use Pythagoras' theorem ever? Have you? In your day-to-day -day life? I don't know, when measuring your todger or something like that. Have you ever had to use Pythagoras' theorem? No. Using a Bunsen burner. I've never used one since burning. Oh, I'd love to use a Bunsen burner. Yeah, I'd like to use one, but we don't need to, do we? I don't need to burn Perry's fingers. Types of dinosaurs. Well, it's kind of useful when you're having a conversation about Jurassic Park. Oh, this is harsh. No use for poetry. Oh. Oh, contentious. No use for long division. Disagree. I've used that. No use for Shakespeare. Harsh. What about you an actor? We well, love the theatre. Um, <laughs> nine. I've never used the word, talked about, or had to discuss osmosis, they say here. I have. I talked about osmosis. 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 And 
also you can have talk about osmosis. <coughs> Dina is known in the neighbourhood for going on and on and on about osmosis. Um, the periodic table. So we could replace some of those, but what could we replace some of those with? Well, what they've suggested here is, uh, this is in the Daily Mirror, money management and budgeting, <coughs> that would be useful. Household repairs and DIY, investment, women's and men's health and further sex education, mortgages, buying a house, understanding contracts, mental well-being, taxes, voting and politics, online safety and security, all of which would make total sense. But I disagree that Shakespeare and poetry are <coughs> uh, sur surface to requirements. Okay, who is a fan of ABBA? Yeah. You're a fan, but you're, are you all fans of ABBA? I know Dean is yes. a massive fan of ABBA. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. What's the fucking point and excitement of a hologram version of them performing? Uh, I've been. Yeah. And it is, it's just astonishing. Why? It's just... It's, why don't you pop Fabulous. on the video? Is it? Mm. But they're not there. Way? I can't explain it. You're watching a concert, aren't you? But you're not. But you are. But you're not. Because <laughs> you know that they can't trip up and they're not really there. Oh my gosh, but it's... it's... No, I mean, I hear it. I mean, because they're, they're going to do the same, but they want to do the same with George Michael. Uh, that's different, I think. I don't know. Make George a hologram. But George's dead. They're not dead. I, I don't think doing it with dead people's... Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So not doing it with dead people. Yeah. I think that's weird, bringing them back to life. I think that's odd. Well, there you go. George Michael may go on tour seven years after his death as a hologram. Um, who, is, who the hell is Shirley Kemp? Don't even know who Shirley Kemp is. <coughs> what do you think, guys? Do you think... I don't know. I don't know. Right, this story really annoys me. We're talking. Someone's just talking about a Japan winning 4-0. So we're talking about women's football, and one of the papers has to home in on this. Footy row after goal friends split. World Cup love rift riddle. Tension as Aussie star has holiday with Irish striker's ex. If this isn't wanting to reduce female women's football down to that reductive idea of emotions, this annoys me. This really annoys me because if you were to dig into the off-football pitch antagonism between most footballers about a lot of their rather dubious kind of relationships with all sorts of girlfriends, women, and each other's girlfriends and all that, why, why home in on this? Why home in on this? Classic sexism, once again. So we're going to do well uh, women's football. Let's do it from the perspective of friends falling out about going on dates. They have not. Oh, look at this, look. Tell Footy me row. not Footy true. row after girlfriends split tension as Aussie you stars holiday with Irish. kidding Michael. me. Just, just disgusting. What has yeah, done that? Classic. That's the uh, sun. Oh, That's sun. God. It's classic, isn't it? Um, Oppenheimer is out. Killian Murphy's the dude. Check out our reviews. He's already made, yeah, check out our reviews. He's already made, uh, you know, he's sort of resurrected the flat cap, hasn't he, with Peaky Blinders. And now it's the fedora as he stars uh, as the uh, sort of astrophysicist um, Oppenheimer. So he's now, he's got a new hat. <coughs> so fedora sales are now soaring after he moves on from the flat cap. Yeah, so um, if you don't like the movie, you might be seeing lots of people wearing fedoras. A slippery slope, like cost of living crisis, just as we sum up. 
simple, which is just as well, because I've literally talked myself into a dry throat. Let me just grab that. Slippery soap. Britons are cutting back on soap because of the expense. Uh, Britain is becoming a nation of soap dodgers as sales of personal hygiene products slump due to the cost of living. Alongside that, Andrex, Andrex has reduced the number of sheets. Can I just say? Ooh, can I just say? And I, sorry, guys, that was a bit of noise there. Yeah, sorry. Um, can I just say that I never knew a toilet roll? Well, of course I knew it came in sheets, but I didn't know people measured them. I didn't know people thought of things in terms of individual sheets. So you you roll with it. So Andrex, Britain's biggest toilet paper brand, is shrinking the size of each sheet on its toilet roll as a cost-cutting move. So it's reducing the number of sheets on a roll without changing the price. I've, got, I've gone into an existential mindfuck. Per so uh, they're making each sheet shorter, but is it the same length of toilet roll? Does that matter? Do people couple off one sheet of toilet roll to wipe their bits? Do they? Do, pe do you think like that? Do you think, oh, I I'll use three bits of toilet uh, Do people think like that? And in fact, what is the psychology of how much you rip off a toilet roll when you use it? Are you sort of making some kind of guesstimate as to what the damage is? Anyway, so Andrex sneaks in another loo paper cut. You need to talk to Nanny Dye about this. I don't think she thinks in terms of individual sheets of toilet roll paper. Um, Heinz cuts back on can contents, but up, there'll be two minutes, girls, if you want to turn that off. Sorry, it's just so noisy. Um, Heinz cuts back on can contents, but ups price we've been had. Uh, ten, <laughs> someone's actually at the sun has done this. They have 10 fewer baked beans in every can. Oh, sneaky fuckers, aren't they? 10, 10 beans. They've taken 10 beans out. Well, because everyone's just trying to say 10 beans. I mean, these little things will, when you, when you scale it up, that's massive, isn't it? Okay, so let's look at some photos. Sorry if you're listening, this is the moment. Um, this photo is astonishing. Wow. This guy's trying to uh, break the Guinness World Records for the heaviest amount of bees on a person. He's been covered with 132 pounds of bees. He hasn't quite broken the record. Um, this is a uh, This is a lovely image of. Uh, oh, it's just a, a baby owl. Is it a baby owl? I think it is. Baby owl hitting another baby owl on the hip. Um, oh, isn't that sweet? I love an owl. Look at this. Planet of the Gates, replica of the planet Mars, is hanging in a church in St. John the Baptist Church in Shepherd's Bush <coughs> until the end of this month. I'd quite like to go and see that. Apparently it's magical. It's just a huge, just huge orb just descending in the middle of the church. There he is. He scrubs up well. There's Prince George looking nonchalant on the steps. Um, if you go out, I hope you don't meet um, Len, because Len looks like he's not a very happy, happy chap. Silence of the Len. Gentle pooch. Has to go for a walk into a Hannibal Lecter mask on to stop him eating sticks. That's to stop him eating. It looks like a pair of pants, doesn't it? And finally, for anyone who dares suggest that democracy doesn't work in the UK, check out the chap with the bin on his head. If only, if only he could have got the keys to 10 Downing Street. So there we go, guys. Um, we're now going to wrap up in 13 minutes. It's the curly cocks of, of Croydon. They're going to get cracking. 
and uh, God only knows what's going to happen. But for some reason, I feel there's going to be quite a bit of noise. It's going to be quite noisy. So um, have a look.